Welcome. We're so glad that you're here with us today. When I was in second year high school, which was almost 27 years ago, I watched my best friends give an underclassman a swirly. That's when you pick up the guy, put his head in the toilet, flush the toilet, and watch the water go around his head. Looking back, that wasn't a very nice thing to do at all. And I wish I had responded differently. I wish that I had exerted my influence to change that outcome, but I didn't. I just watched. You know, today, all of us are wrestling with emotions of, of fear, of uncertainty, of discouragement. And I want to ask, how are you responding to this situation we're in here today? Because one thing is for sure, God has allowed us, God has placed us exactly where he wants us to be in this point of history of our world. And I don't want to look back and regret and wish that I had exerted my influence differently to what is going on around us today. You see, this is what we're going to be talking about today, that God has entrusted to us influence. What is influence? Influence is the power to affect how someone develops, acts, or thinks. And as we wrap up this amazing series on no regrets, we're going to be looking at how God, just like he has entrusted to us our treasure, our talents, our time, the truth, God has also entrusted to us our influence. And I pray that as we listen to this message today, God would speak to all of us and that we would take home this one main point, that we are to be an influencer for the Lord. Let's commit this time to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I humble myself before you, acknowledging that apart from you, all of this is empty. Lord, I thank you for your word. And I ask Holy Spirit that you be the one to speak to us today. You be the one to encourage us. You know exactly what we're going through. And I thank you that you have given us your spirit to speak to us and to encourage us. Protect us, Lord, from any distraction. And we commit this time to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When you and I don't steward our influence, we can impact an entire nation. What do I mean? Do you remember the story in Numbers chapter 13 and chapter 14? For me, it is one of the saddest chapters in the Bible because God had promised the Israelites that they were going to enter the promised land. He had already set them free from the slavery of Egypt and they just had to go and capture the land before them. Now Moses sent out 12 spies and two of them, Caleb and Joshua, came back with a great report saying that God is with us, we can do this. But 10 of them came back with a negative report. And they said, we look like grasshoppers in the eyes of these giants. We can't do it. Friends, an entire nation was impacted because they listened. They were influenced by the 10 spies. When we don't steward our influence, we can lose an entire generation. And that's exactly what happened with the Israelites. For 40 years, they wandered until that generation was wiped out and a new generation came. The other danger about not stewarding our influence is this. When King Rehoboam became king, it was a transition between, from Solomon to him. This is what they were dealing with. King Rehoboam consulted with the elders who had served his father, Solomon, while he was still alive, saying, how do you counsel me to answer 
this people. You see, the people were complaining about how hard Solomon had made it for them. He was driving them too hard. The, com- the country had become very prosperous, but the people were being driven too hard. And so Rehoboam wisely consulted the elders. But this is what they said. They said to him, if you will be kind to this people and please them and speak good words to them, then they will be your servants forever. That was the advice that was given. But what did Rehoboam do? Rehoboam, he forsook the counsel of the elders, which they had given him, and consulted with the young men who grew up with him and served him. Instead of listening to the elders, he was influenced by his buddies, the people that he had grown up with. And the rest is history. The nation of Israel split and they experienced great consequences because Rehoboam was influenced by his friends. You see, when we listen to the wrong influence, we can jeopardize our future. Who is influencing you? Friends, our message today is to be an influencer for the Lord. And we're going to look at that. You see, God actually tells us, he tells us in Matthew chapter 5. And Matthew chapter 5 is the greatest sermon ever preached because Jesus preached it. It's known as the Sermon on the Mount. The first part of the sermon, he talks about how we are to be as Christians. We call these the Beatitudes. And then he dives into how we are to be an influence in this world. And you will see here, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Jesus tells us that we are the salt of the earth. Who is the salt of the earth? It's not your pastor. It's not your D-group leader, it's not your parents, it's you and I. And part of being an influencer for the Lord is to recognize the influence that God has entrusted to us. Look at this chart. You have you at 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 the center and around you, that's your inner circle. That would be your family, your closest friends. This would be your spiritual family as well. And after the inner circle, you have the intermediate circle. These would be people that you work with, people that you do transactions with at the office. Or if you're a student, these are your classmates. Um, These can be people who you share life with through your hobbies. You have um, a good relationship with these people. Not like the inner circle, but not like the outer circle either. Because the outer circle, these are the people that uh, are more like acquaintances. You know of them, you don't really know them. They may be your social media friends. And all of us, have these kind of relationships in our life. And I want you to think and pray as you listen to this message, who are these different people that God has entrusted to you for you to be an influence to? Because all of us, whether we know it or not, every time we act, every time we say something, we are either pointing people towards Jesus Christ, that's what it means to exercise your influence, or We are pointing people towards the world. So we are either positively influencing people towards Christ or we are negatively influencing them and showing them a bad example or pointing them towards the the world. You know, when I was growing up, I ended up playing basketball for our college and my teammates, I would put them here initially as an intermediate circle, but we became very close because we trained so hard together. It felt like we were being tortured in Tagaytay. While everybody else was enjoying the Holy Week, every year we would go up to Tagaytay and do 
crazy amount of training. We would run 10K a day, we would row 13 kilometers a day, and then we would run again, and then we'd practice in the afternoon. By the time that the UAP came around, we were so dark and tan, and we were in the best shape. But we didn't end up winning that year because we were in better shape for uh, track and field than we were in basketball shape. But the point of the story is that bonded us as teammates. And as a person who had come to know Christ at a young age, I really desired to exercise my influence on my teammates and help them to come to know Christ. So I tried sharing the gospel with them about who Jesus Christ was. You know, they weren't ready at that time. And I want to encourage you guys, as you exercise influence, either on your inner circle or your intermediate circle or outer circle, you can't force it because people are on their own journey. You want to know what happened in this desire to influence my closest friends from college? Well, stick around to the end of the message and you'll see and hear what happened. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. And you and I need to imagine what it was like to hear those words from Jesus during the time of Jesus. Today, we take light for granted because we can turn on the switch, we can turn off the switch. To start a fire, we have matches. Back in the day, it was very hard to start a fire. I have a friend and you're gonna hear about him later on. His name is Eric. And he was showing me how to start a fire in the jungle. He got two pieces of bamboo. He was leaning on one and holding onto the other and rubbing the bamboo like this as hard as he could to generate that heat that would eventually generate the fire. It always looks easier when people are demoing it. When you try to do that yourself, you understand how difficult it is to start a fire. And so when Jesus says, you are the light of the world, the meaning that comes with that is you are so valuable because our world is in darkness. And you and I have a purpose, we're to shine. It says here, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. You see, light is seen even from a distance. And the smallest light can dispel the greatest darkness. However, even though you and I were made to be the light of the world, we have a choice. Look at verse 15. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it will give light to all who are in the house. This verse shows us that it is possible for somebody to actually put it under, under a basket. And as a follower of Jesus, when people see you from afar, do they see light? Do they see someone that's different? That's what it means to be the light of the world. In fact, you aren't shining your own light. Remember the message is to be an influencer for the Lord, not to be an influencer for yourself. It's for the Lord. And how can you do that? Jesus tells us in John 8 verse 12, Jesus again spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Our world is in darkness, and without Jesus, we too will walk in darkness, stumbling and tripping because we cannot see. To follow Jesus is to prayerfully ask, what would Jesus do or say in this situation, and then to do it in His power. As we obey Jesus, He will be the light of our life, enabling us to see. There was a time in the history of the Israel nation, that they were confronted with such darkness. You see, when Queen Esther became the wife of King Xerxes, there was a man named Haman who plotted against the Israelites. He wanted them destroyed. But Mordecai learned of his plan. And Mordecai sent a message to Queen Esther, who was a Jew. 
And he said, this is the plan of Haman. You're all going to be destroyed. All of us Jews will be destroyed. Now Esther replied to Mordecai saying, you know what? The king hasn't called me in 30 days. And the law of the land says, if somebody enters the king's chamber and he's not called, she's not called, she could be killed. For those of you who think that you have difficult spouses, praise God, you don't have a spouse like King Xerxes. This guy was insane. But this is what Mordecai said. He told Esther, if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place and you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. This is a very famous saying in the Bible because it means so much. He's basically saying, Queen Esther, you think you're going to be spared? For all you know, you were placed in the palace precisely for such a time as this. Friends, today, a lot of us wish we could just fast forward out of this pandemic. A lot of, a lot of us wish that we could be alive in a different time. But God has placed us exactly where he wants us to be in this particular time of history for such a time as this. How is God asking you to be light? You see, for Esther, it was something that would require much courage. Look at what Esther replied. Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go assemble all the Jews who are found in Susa and fast for me, pray for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. And my maidservants, my maidens also will fast in the name in the same way. And thus I will go into the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. Jesus is the light that has come into the world. And there are going to be times in your life, and I'm talking about right now, that you're going to have to make a decision. Esther was confronted with that decision. Am I going to be light, which took courage, which meant her life? And so she asked people to pray for them. You know, to be an influencer for the Lord, you always have to cover it in prayer because we're influencing people for the Lord. I praise God for Esther. She had the courage through the power of God in her, in her life. Those prayers gave her the strength through the power of the Holy Spirit to make that decision. And the rest is history. Their nation was spared. God spared Israel because Queen Esther was light. You know, today there are many who have huge influence in their life. And I praise God for so many of you for how God is using you from a distance. You know, the way that you respond, even to the death of your loved ones, how you bring glory to God. It means so much to me. It means so much to everyone else that is watching you. How you respond to the challenges that you're facing if you respond in a way that brings glory to God, you are being a light in this very dark world. And I praise God for each of you. There's too many of you to, to mention. And there are more people that are responding in a way that honors God that we'll never be able to even mention until one day we reach eternity. So hang in there. Keep on being the light of the world. You see, as we look at this sphere of influence again, when you are light, People in the outer circle looking into your life, they see a difference. 
That's why everything that you post on social media, you need to exercise your influence. You have to ask yourself, is this going to help everyone that reads this be attracted to Christ? I praise God for many of you. You are using your influence for the Lord. In social media, the things that you post, I've heard of people tell these influencers that it was something that they had posted in their feed that eventually led them to seek out more who Christ is. And as they got connected, they entered into that relationship with Christ. It's amazing. My wife was telling me of a story of a friend who has been using social media to connect with people. People in the outer circle, or maybe even in the intermediate circle, they have shared interests. But this is what she did, which I find very fascinating. She would actually watch what this particular person was posting to try to understand what they were feeling. She was watching what this person was liking to understand where they're at. And you know what? This friend of ours reached out to this person that she was watching on social media, engaged her in a conversation. And God is using that to help them now together journey in that direction of knowing Christ. You see, you never know the impact of the words that you say, the light that all of us are being in this world. We have to be the light of the world as God has called us. If not, this world will be in darkness. Look at what the apostle Paul says. He said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. When you and I act like light, you are pointing people towards Christ. You are planting seeds and you trust God to take those seeds and let somebody else water, let somebody else grow. And maybe it's even you. Like the example I gave of how this friend of ours was able to reach out to somebody on social media. So don't let this pandemic limit the reality that we can still reach out to people who aren't within our inner circle. So you have that outer circle. But friends, I don't want you to also focus all your time and energy on that outer circle. Because honestly, the greatest impact happens in those relationships that are closest to you, your inner circle or your intermediate circle. And that's where salt comes in. You see, the contrast of light and salt is very wonderful. Jesus is the master teacher. Light is something you see in the distance. Salt, and I have some salt here, salt impacts when it comes into contact with the object, or I should actually do it like this as, you know, put it on, putting it on the object. That's what salt does. What does salt do? It preserves, it flavors. Back in the day, there was no refrigeration. And if you leave meat out, what's gonna to happen to the meat? It's going to rot. So when Jesus says you are the salt of the earth, one of the things that we do with salt is we help preserve. 
Not only do we preserve, we add flavor. You have to ask yourself, who are the people in your inner circle, in your immediate circle, that you can be salt to? What does it mean to be salt? It means that you have a direct impact in their life because they see you up close. They experience the joy that you have in the Lord. They experience the peace, the faith that you have in God. They experience the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. So what does that look like? Well, I got another good friend and he has been visiting his mom regularly during this pandemic. And at a certain point, his mom said, why do you keep come visiting me? And she finally said, it must be Jesus Christ in you. And then she went on to say, what do you think Jesus thinks about my good, my good deeds? And that's very interesting because my friend, whenever he would go visit his mom, he inadvertently would end up talking about Jesus, but she would never listen or pay attention to what he was saying. But this time it was she who brought up, this must be Jesus in you. You see, when your life is salty, when your life is a fragrant aroma, when you're full of grace, truth, and humility, it attracts, it makes people thirsty. That's another thing that salt does. It makes people thirsty for who? For the Lord. I have another friend and he runs a company. And what he's done is he decided to gather the young men and meet with them so he can encourage them, so he can be salt to them, influence them. Our message today is to be an influencer for the Lord. And as you look at your circle of influence, where can you be salt? Where can you be light? God has given you exactly the influence he's given you today so that you can not only recognize it, but you can exercise it. You see, to exercise it means if you, if you don't use it, you lose it. That's what happens when you don't exercise. And exercise takes effort, takes intentionality. I praise God for my brother-in-law and my sister. They love going camping. And as they camp with different kinds of people, every single time, God opens up doors for them to have more meaningful conversations. What do I mean by meaningful conversations? Colossians tells us, let your speech always be with grace as though seasoned with salt so that you will know how you should respond to each person. The Bible tells us our speech should be seasoned, seasoned with salt. We should be able to say exactly what the person needs to hear during that time. And how do you do that? It's a God thing. You need to be in prayer. You need to be listening to the Holy Spirit. You need to be spirit-filled because if you're not spirit-filled, you're gonna miss those opportunities. But like I said, I was with my brother-in-law and my sister. We were going camping this was uh, about a month ago before the ECQ happened. And we were camping with um, some people who I, I never met. But my sister and my brother-in-law had met them the week before on another camping trip and they invited them to come. And that Sunday, we decided to do church at the campsite. It was wonderful. We sang some songs together. We talked about Christ. And after the service, I got a chance to talk to this couple and I have permission to share with you what they shared. And this is what the guy said. He said, it feels like I'm in a different world. Precisely. 
when you are following Jesus, when you are living out what it means to be a Christian, you are light, you are salt. It's different from this world. His girlfriend said, I've always wanted to have a deeper relationship with God. And I've actually been praying for this. And my sister had shared the gospel to her the week before and her being in that environment where we were worshiping God, she said, I couldn't help it. I just started breaking down because of the time we were having in the church service. And I told her, that's the Holy Spirit working in your heart. To be salt and light has an impact on the people around you. Season your speech with salt. You may say to, your, say to yourself, well, who am I? Yeah, maybe that person has influence or he's a pastor, so that person has influence or that guy's a government leader. Never underestimate where God has placed you. There's a story in, this, in the second book of Kings and it's an amazing story. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna preface it by speaking to OFWs because you know exactly what it's like to go to a foreign land. You know, when you enter that foreign land, everything's new. You have a new job, you have to make new friends. Here's a story of a girl that actually had no choice. She was taken as a captive. She was taken as a slave to a foreign land. And if there's ever anyone who could have said, I just have no influence, it was this girl. But I want you to read the story with me and see the amazing work of God through this girl's life. Because he wants to do the same thing through you and through me. Wherever we are at, God has given us influence. Let's read the story. Naaman, captain of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man with his master and highly respected because by him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man was also a valiant warrior, but he was a leper. You learn something about this Naaman. He was a great man. He was a valiant warrior. He was respected by the king, but he had a problem. He was a leper. Let's keep reading. Now the Arameans had gone out in bands and had taken captive a little girl from the land of Israel. And she waited on Naaman's wife. Here's the girl I was talking to you about. She was taken captive as a slave into Syria and was in this household. And look at what she says. She said to her mistress, I wish that my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, then he would cure him of his leprosy. What did this young girl do? She used whatever influence she had to point her master to someone that who could heal her. Amazing. And that someone that could heal him, healed him indeed. And when he got well, this is what the master said. He returned, the man of God did, to the man of God with all his company and came and stood before him. He said, behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth, but in Israel. So please take a present from your servant now. Naaman said, your servant will no longer offer burnt offering, nor will he sacrifice to the other gods, but to the Lord. What was this slave girl able to do when she exercised the influence that God had given her in this family? 
God used her to not only heal physically the leprosy of Naaman, but spiritually he was healed when he acknowledged God, the God of Israel's being the one true God. You know, we live in a world that is broken, that is dark, that is decaying. And God wants you to use the influence that he's entrusted to you to help point people to solve a problem that nobody else can solve. You see, leprosy was incurable, but God could, God could fix it. Our sin, it's incurable. There's nothing that you and I can do. No amount of good works, no amount of willpower to ever overcome the power of sin. But when you and I are used by God to point people towards Jesus Christ, who can heal people, that's what it means to be salt. That's what it means to be light. And that's what happened in this story. So wherever you are, whatever you're going through, let's remember the slave girl. She doesn't even have a name, but she was used mightily by God. Because that's what, you, that's what happens when you allow God to use you. He is the light of the world. He is the one that is working in and through you. We don't make the gospel powerful. It's Jesus that makes the gospel powerful. It's him that saves people. Our job, it's really one beggar showing another beggar where to find food. That's what it means to influence people for Christ is you point them in that direction. And my question for you and my question for me is, am I doing that? Are you using everything that God has given you to point people towards him? This man, Eric, that I talked to you about, his name is Eric Salina, and I wish he could give his testimony live, but he's from Montalban. Half the time, he doesn't have any signal because he's in the mountains. But he is married to an amazing woman. And... Both of them are teachers. They're public school teachers. And Eric is using everything, everything that God has given him. Eric loves the outdoors. He takes kids out and teaches them how to start fires with bamboo. He takes them hiking. He spends time with them. He enters into their world. You see, for you and I to influence people for the Lord, we have to be able to enter into their world. And that's what Eric does. That's his desire to use what God has given him to influence these kids and he disciples them. Even after they've graduated, they still come back. And I've been to his house by the river. It's an amazing place. And he's using that to help connect people to Christ and disciple them and help them grow. That's what it means to be an influencer for the Lord. You don't have to have all this technology. You can use whatever God has given you. And if he's given you technology, by all means, use it. Because that is the day and age that we're living in. How do you influence people for the Lord? I want to remind us we need to pray. We need to rely on the Holy Spirit because it's going to be different. I've been asking myself every day, Lord, who do you want me to influence today? And as I said that prayer two days ago, I had a meeting. We were signing a contract and there were two brokers who were doing the transaction. And I just started asking them a question. I decided I'm going to wear my face mask. That's a gospel face mask. It has different colors. And I decided to bring two books with me um, on parenting because I know that they have children. Would you believe 
after that meeting, as I entered into their world, we're doing work together, and I've had enough conversations to, uh, uh, with them. I tried to model authentic Christ-likeness. I was able to pray with them, and one of them just started wiping her eyes. She said, this is amazing. This is exactly what I needed. Who knew that? God, I'm just an instrument. If you go and you ask God, Lord, who do you want me to influence today? And you go there with the Holy Spirit guiding you, you'll be surprised. Why did I go back and get the two books? I actually went back into the house before I left to get those two books. Because in my own way, I'm trying to enter into their world. Now, we need to continue to journey with them. Because just because you tell them about who Christ is, it doesn't stop there. And how God guides you to do that, we just be obedient and don't rush. Remember how I shared with you about my teammates. How when I was in college, you know, I looked at my sister and a lot of her friends came to know Christ. And I asked myself, how come, how come my friends, they're not interested? And the reason is because we're all in a certain timetable. But my highlight of this pandemic, as the pandemic started, it's been over a year now, it gave an opportunity for me and my, my friends to meet and talk with each other. And we meet every Saturday at 10 p.m. And we talk about God. We read the Bible. I never thought this would ever happen. And some of my teammates have said, this has helped me so much. It's helped my family. And we're all on a journey, you know, we're, we're so far from being perfect. But the point is, we are journeying together in our relationship with God. And there are thousands of you that have so many of the same stories. And I praise God for what God is doing in your life. And I want to encourage you, keep being an influencer for the Lord. He wants to use you exactly where you are. Don't rush. God's timing is perfect. So keep praying for us that God will continue to help us grow in our, in our love for the Lord and, and as we follow him. Now, this is a word of warning. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Did you get that? How can salt become tasteless? Salt is such an amazing compound. Sodium chloride, right? Even if you heat this, you melt it, it's still salty. But there is one thing that can make it remove its tastiness. That's impurities. When you mix impurity with salt, it becomes tasteless. It becomes useless. So much so that you just trample on the ground with it. And so the word of warning for you and for me is don't let any impurity enter into your life. You see, I love this quote, and some of you have heard this before, but it's worth reading again. It's not the ship in the water, but the water in the ship that sinks it. So it's not the Christian in the world, but the world in the Christian that constitutes the danger. 
That was said by J. Wilbert Chapman. And we asked ourselves, what are the impurities that we're allowing into our life? Remember, you and I are human beings. We are easily influenced. I am easily influenced. And so you have to ask yourself, who is influencing you? Yeah, I want to be an influencer for the Lord. But who is influencing me? Who is influencing you? What are you watching? What are you reading? What are you listening to? Where are you spending your time? We talked about the importance of time. Where are you spending it? Who are the people you are following? Whoever you follow, you get information and material from that person that you're following. You're being influenced. Who are you following? Jesus says, I am the light of the world and we are to follow him. When we follow him, we have the light with us. Who is in your inner circle? Who are your closest friends that are influencing you? Yes, we are to influence people, but remember, bad company corrupts good morals. It doesn't matter how good of a person you are. You know, when I was growing up, I didn't grow up saying bad words. I didn't learn that at home. But the moment I started playing basketball, I heard it all the time. And before I knew it, I started saying bad words underneath my breath, when I'd miss a shot, make a bad pass. That just shows you the power of influence. And so you ask yourself, who is really influencing you? Don't let the world into the ship. It's what will sink us. Jesus says, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. When you are an influencer for the Lord, who is being glorified? Not yourself. If it's yourself, something's wrong. It should be God. God will be glorified. And we've seen that all throughout history. In fact, back in the 1800s, London wasn't a very good place. Children were being made to work in the mines. They were five years old. They had huge sanitation issues, education problems. People weren't being schooled. There was um, chaos on the streets because the workers weren't being treated well. But there was one man who made all the difference. He was in parliament for 60 years. He came after William Wilberforce. His name is Lord Anthony Ashley Cooper. And he did so much to change London because he absolutely loved God and he absolutely loved the nation and he absolutely loved the people. He lived his life for people. And he did so much that when he died, tens of thousands of people came just to see his casket go down the street. And Charles Spurgeon gave him the most amazing eulogy. We have, in my judgment, lost the best man of the age. I do not know whom I should play second, but I certainly should put him first, far beyond all other servants of God within my knowledge for use usefulness and influence. Lord Anthony Ashley Cooper, known as the seventh Earl of Shaftesbury, actually has a memorial built in, right in the middle of Piccadilly Circus. This is the picture of the memorial. Not many people know this. But here's the amazing thing behind this story. See, Lord Ashley 
didn't grow up with good parents. In fact, he called his parents devils. They weren't nice to him. But there was a housekeeper. And it was the housekeeper who would read him the Bible. It was the housekeeper who showed him Christian love. And that impacted him. Lord Ashley lived his life for other people that people look at this and they think it's Eros, the God of love. It's actually Anteros, which is the Greek God for selfless love. I praise God for how he used Lord Anthony Ashley Cooper. And my prayer is that there'll be more people like him in our generation. And I praise God for all the government workers within CCF that are being salt and light. And we pray for you also that God would continue to use you to make a difference in this country because you love God, because you love this country and because you love the people. We don't have it within ourselves to be salt and light. I don't. No matter how good you are as a person, we don't have what it takes. But Jesus, he entered into our world. He entered as a human being. The gospel is, he paid for the penalty of my sin, the penalty of your sin, so that he could be at the center of our lives if we allow him. He says, and this is my favorite verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus says, if you were to humble yourself today, maybe your inner circle relationships are broken or you've blown it with your intermediate circle. You haven't been light. People look at you and they don't see a, a Christian business person. They don't see a good worker in the office. Maybe they see somebody who's lazy, somebody who's not excellent. Well, I want to encourage you. You can change course by giving your life to Jesus. You can restore the brokenness within you. You can restore the brokenness of your relationship. You can become a new cre creation because of Jesus, but you have to surrender to him. And I want to close in prayer, giving you that invitation to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this message, for you being the model of someone that came into our world so that we could know you, Lord, intimately. And Lord, if there are people here who have not yet surrendered their life to you, I pray for them. Jesus, they can pray with me something like this. Lord Jesus, I admit that I have sinned against you. I admit that I need you. And I humble myself before you and I ask you to come into my life, to be my Lord, to be my master, to be my savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. Thank you for your promise of eternal life. Thank you for being the light of this world. Please make me the kind of person you want me to be and help me to be salt and light. Help me to be an influencer for you. And I pray that Jesus for all of us. Use us, Lord, in the spheres of influence that you've placed us in this time of our world's history to be influencers for you. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. If you've been blessed, by this message. 
or you want people to pray for you, you can click on the link below so you can know more about who Jesus is. If you want to share this message, that's one way of influencing people by sending videos that will help them. Please share the, share the message in your social media networks. If you're here for the first time and you know you have questions about Jesus, about CCF, about anything, please click on the link below also and join us at the Welcome Center. Please stick around. We're going to have a Sunday Fast Track uh, right after this. Um, I also want to encourage you, for those of you especially who are feeling hopeless, next week we're beginning a new series. And the series is called Living Hope. And I know that it will encourage you, especially as we continue to go through these difficult times, that we have a living hope in Jesus Christ. And how is that relevant to the way that you and I live life today? Please come back next week and join us for this new series.